everyone. Before we get started, we wanted to let you know about our venue consulting. We have broken up our offerings into four distinct needs, design, sales and client experience, marketing, and those all-important SOPs. You can take advantage of one or all of these tricky spots for your venue. If you want to learn more and get a few more details, head on over to hustleandgather.com to see how we can work together and reach your venue goals. All right, let's get to today's show. Every industry is crazy. We can talk all day long on how crazy the wedding industry and how hard it is, but every single industry has its own unique challenges and they're, and everyone's in it going to tell you this world is freaking nuts, right? Mm-hmm. And the only way to get through it is, is that community. Welcome to Hustle and Gather, a podcast about inspiring the everyday entrepreneur to take the leap. I'm Courtney. And I'm Dana. And we're two sisters who love business. On this show, we talk about the ups and downs of the hustle and the reward at the end of the journey. And we know all the challenges that come with starting a business. Between operating our wedding venue, doing speaking and consulting, and starting our luxury wedding planning company, we wake up and hustle every day. And today we're talking, just the two of us, about last week's episode with Jordan Kentris, owner of A Good Day, an eclectic, one-of-a-kind stationary company that establishes a unique brand for each event. If you haven't heard last week's episode, go give it a listen and come back to hear our thoughts. All right, Court, let's get started. Well, I thought that was a really, really great episode. That was. Well, he had such good energy, which I loved. Yeah, I did love that. So entertaining. Yeah. Holy bummed he's not going to be in Vegas with us. I know. He would be fun in Vegas. I know. Seems like he'd be a fun Vegas personality. I I agree with that. We had so many good nuggets. I do think it was a little bit very, like, heavy on, like, the wedding industry side of things. Yeah. But I think. That's where we're at. That's where we're at. That's who we are. Yeah. But um, what was your favorite, favorite takeaway? I mean, I loved how he talked about learning through failure at the end. I felt like that was definitely a high note uh, that when you start business or a business, you don't have to have it all figured out and it's Mm -hmm. fine and super safe to try something and to decide maybe that's not your jam. Yeah. And that's okay. I think so many people have such a hang up about failure. And I think that while, you know, it can be painful and Sometimes you have to even like mourn the loss of that aspect of you or that aspect of your company. It can also be like super empowering, right? You're not letting anyone else's constructs of your business to dictate which way you're going to go, right? You can just be you. Yeah. I I honestly looked at it more as like, I understand where you got from like Bushnell and Peck, like that being quote unquote a failure. But I actually learned it. I, I feel like more, especially in planning and I guess truly in the venue side of things, is failure is like specific event failure. Like where did I not do a great job and where did I feel like I failed? And the reason why we have such an amazing venue and the reason why we have trained our girls to be such amazing planners is because of that failure. Because if every wedding was perfect and we did everything perfect, you wouldn't have like really fine tuned everything because perfection's all a myth. Like it's just like a smoke and mirrors. It's just because maybe another vendor was on point that day, or maybe because it wasn't raining or maybe because whatever the case may be, things that are out of your control. But when you experience a failure, especially because of something that you felt was out of your control and you can look at it and say like, well, actually this wasn't my control. I could have right. fixed this better by having a better rain backup plan, by having more staff, by knowing, you know, X, Y, Z or whatever. So I feel like the failure is what has made us who we are in such better business people oh yeah for sure like on like the micro level yeah but I think when people think of failure they don't think about like you know disappointing a client or 
not being their best one day. Cause I think that's just human. Like we all kind of understand that on some level that right. you're going to not be your best all the time. Right. That sounds exhausting. I mean, I'm my best all the time. Okay. That's, well, there you go. <laughs> we'll have a whole podcast about that. But I think on the macro level, like where you're like, oh, this is what I do. This is what I'm known for. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, actually, that's not what I want to do anymore. Yeah, it was definitely, actually, this it, is not what I'm known for. Yeah, that was definitely what, more of what he was talking about. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. But you just kind of like took it in a different yeah, direction. Yeah, I was thinking of it more of like, I never thought about it in a way that all of our little micro failures are what actually make everything so great. For me, it was like when we talk about Bushel and Peck and I don't have like a, any emotion related to it. It was clearly the right decision for us. It was more like, damn it. Like we've worked so hard yeah. to get to this point, point, this level of what I would deem success or this average client spend or this our like yeah. return on investment. And, you know, it was a fairly lucrative business, even to the point, maybe sometimes more lucrative than C&D events, right? Mm-hmm. In terms of like hour and eff- hours and effort and then realizing like this is actually not the way that I want to make money. And at the same time, like how much freedom and privileges there in that? Like, oh, oh okay, no. let me just turn myself, like turn away from the six-figure business or whatever. Well, like, ex- that's not how I want to make money. That's exactly how I felt because, and like, yes, it was profitable. There was profit margins yes. there. It was there. Like, I get it. But at the same time, like, we had investments in it. I mean, right. we had invested not only like staff, but the actual freaking flower cottage. Flower that was like cottage. the worst summer of my life trying to get that damn insulation in there and like all I think about all the time and energy and it's not just a dollar amount but there was a dollar amount that we're like okay we're going to invest in this thing we're going to create this space we're going to hire this employee and when you prorated over what we thought was going to be like a 10-year run it seemed worth it and when you prorated over the year and a half (laughs) that that thing was there you're like that wasn't worth it. No, to be clear, the bushel and peck was there for multiple years. But no, the flower but like cottage, the flower cottage, right. the full time person we hired, right, like right. all that stuff, it wasn't worth it. And so there's a lot of that, like where it's like, and that was a failure. That investment was a failure. Like maybe the business wasn't, yes, it made money and it was profitable, blah, 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 whatever. But at the end of the day, we made a bad investment. Truly, that's what I think of because it didn't pay off. Eh, I don't know. I just see it as like, one, I saw as a privilege to be able to walk away, like I just mentioned. I agree. And I don't know. I see it as like a true act of courage, honestly, to be like, no, oh, that's not what we're going to do anymore. No, you I'm, know not, what I mean? I'm like, not saying it wasn't courageous. How, how much self-perception do you have? No, no. I don't begrudge it. I'm just saying I can look at it and I can't look. I can't be the one that says like, oh, it was uh, there was no harm done. There was no, no harm, no foul. Right. No, there was some foul and there was some harm. <laughs> That yeah. is a lie. <laughs> yeah. That's I, mean, I, I agree. Like. There's definitely yeah. like some anguish over it, like yes. in, the, in the interim for sure. But yeah, I totally agree. Well, my favorite takeaway is seeing how you're going to ask me that question. Yeah, what's your favorite takeaway, Dana? I really, really loved, well, there's a couple of things. I, I loved the conversation about being human because I feel yeah. like that's something that I've always struggled with in the industry is being a real person, um, especially with my clients. Um, and having them recognize that, that I'm not like a robot and right. all that. 
So I really love that. And I really love to talk about community too, but we can talk about being human first. Like let's talk about being human. Yeah. Like I just think, I think it's so hard as an entrepreneur and being a business owner because you deal with clients and consumers and customers so much mm-hmm. that they forget that there's a person behind the brand. There's a person behind every single decision that they make with your company, yeah. whether that's leaving a review or purchasing something or deciding not to tip you or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever the case may be, they forget that there's a human behind that. Yeah. Like it's weird because there's some parts of entrepreneurship that like restore your faith in humanity. And there's a lot of parts of entre- entrepreneurship that just like, we are seriously fucked as a country. <laughs> like, I don't understand these people. Well, I think that we see a very emotionally charged microcosm mm-hmm. of the country. Like we like, in terms of C&D events and in terms of the Bradford, obviously everyone's put this huge weight on this day, right? Like, and a huge amounts of money, honestly. Yeah, like, you could a have a Mercedes or you can have a wedding, mm-hmm. right? In some cases, you could have a house or mm-hmm. you could have a wedding, right? So, I mean, there is, like, a lot of pressure, I think, on that day, but... But I also think that we as vendors like feed into that illusion, mm-hmm. right? Like we don't want anyone to think that their wedding isn't our utmost priority. Like mm-hmm. we don't want anyone to think that there's any like negative vibes going into this day, even though I don't know, like your grandmother may have just died. You're still going to show up at that wedding two right. days later with a smile on and be there for mm-hmm. that client. Like we have created this illusion of robot like as much as they have the expectation do you know what I'm saying well yeah and I think that was like kind of what Jordan was saying is kind of we need to change that conversation and change that image like Like, I I remember distinctly like I don't know which one of us it was it like having a child and then being right back at it like a week or two later like that was the expectation right right like that Oh, I didn't just birth a human. I'm going to get out there and do your wedding. We are launching this luxury collection, and one of our employees is going to be the majority majority owner owner of it. And we're having this conversation. We're talking about this, and and she's nervous about it, and I think that's totally fair, and we know she can do it. And I think the question came up of, well, what if I want to have another baby? And my immediate reaction was, like, figure it out. Like, because we work our girls' maternity all the time. Like, we have worked – five maternities now, which means we have handled their clients. We have taken on their weddings. And it's not like, I can't say I don't begrudge it because I don't really love doing it. But like, I, all I can think of is I wish someone did this for me. I wish someone had been there for me. I wish someone had worked my maternity and let me, you know, take that break. Is this a sister talk? I'm sorry, No, 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 no. (laughs) But at the same time, I feel like when you're the boss of something, it's it's different. It's not the same thing. And I don't, and I think back on that time as much as I'm like, I wish someone did this for me. And I was like, I don't think I would have let him do it. Yeah. Because I needed to be the boss. Like I needed to like. Now, if I were like the me now and I took myself back then, I would realize that the world was not going to end sure. because I wasn't there. But right. at the time, I didn't believe no. that. Like I can think about the wedding that was in downtown Raleigh. And I was about to have Nora because it was like Thanksgiving weekend or something. And Nora was born. December 1st and like I almost like it was like the weekend before Thanksgiving oh, my wedding that you're my assistant on yes and I was yeah. in so much pain yes and like just struggled through that whole day yeah. and I didn't need to be there no like I didn't need to be there like we could have figured out like someone else could have stepped up right. to the plate right 
Yeah. But we weren't going to ask anybody. It was literally just me and you. Well, yeah, because we didn't have that team yet. I mean, yeah. I remember I, I told him that day and I and it was probably my fault. You were, it was my fault. Either, cause it was my wedding. And I remember just being overwhelmed by it all. And we had like an intern or we had was a like, person. It was a person who was our babysitter, too. It yes. Was that person. And they had like and we, we were doing flowers for this too. Yes. So Peck was a thing. And they had done it all wrong. And I remember I saw everything and I got in there. I was like, oh, my God, Courtney, this is all wrong. Like, you're going to have to fix this. Mm-hmm. You sat in that kitchen and you redid everything in that kitchen. And I there was no there would have been nobody else that could have done it. Yeah. But I but thinking back, I mean, totally like I would never do that again. Yeah, no, I, I I agree. Like, I'm not, like I'm saying, like, I don't think I'm correct in it, but yeah. there was something in me that I needed to maybe prove to myself. Yeah. And it's not because I, and I don't want to like, it's not like I want to advertise and be like, look at me, what was me? Yeah. I'm this great person. It's like, I needed to feel that weight of my company on my shoulders, yeah. you know, for me to understand the gravity of it. And I don't know, right or wrong. I just think it's something that everyone goes through, like where they, like you're trying to prove something, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I I think there's just natural ebbs and flows, but I think the point of what you're trying to say is right or wrong. Like that was our path. And I certainly don't begrudge it. Mm-hmm. Certainly learned a lot from it. Our expectations of the people that work for us aren't not even that, not even the same. Like it's so far from that. But yet as an owner, and I think we're probably talking to people who are solopreneurs or right. maybe in a partnership or whatever, that you you take that on, yeah. right? You take that on. Like you feel like you have to own that and you have to walk through those things like in a solo way, which I think really segues into his talk about community. Mm. And definitely we did not have a huge community. Yeah, no community. At that time. Um, it was just our, the community that we built because we paid people to be there. Right. Um, <laughs> right. That's the community we had and we had each other. And I just think that I loved all of his talk about. And maybe that would have made the difference. Like maybe if I had a community of planners that I could call and say, and we'd be like, hey, I just had a baby. Do you think you could help Courtney? Mm -hmm. And like knowing, you know, that it would all be okay. But we didn't have that. I know. And there wasn't anybody even to talk to like, oh, you've had a baby. And like, how did you handle this? How did you handle this maternity? What did you do? You know, we had, we had nobody. Like we were just kind of. I know. Oh, I think about that. We had island. we had a planner that's a, she's at our venue all the time, and she just had a baby. She just birthed a three month old, so she'll know who I'm talking about. And we um, sent her a like a a gift card to one of our caterers and whatnot, mm-hmm. just like as a hey, let's help with the meals. This is what we can do, mm-hmm. and congratulations. And I just think about like how many of those things like we yes. have now in our life that we like celebrate with other people, yes. and it was just like. You and I, like, yes. I had a baby. Dana, make me all my food, watch my children. I know. Dana's like, I had a baby. Gordy, come watch my children. Yes. Come clean my house. There's nothing. <laughs> I know. Nobody. It was just us. But I love so how important is community? It's so important. I think it's so necessary. I think it's, I think it's even, I don't care what industry you're in or what, like, wedding industry, corporate America, whatever. Like, you have got to have a community. I think it is the only way that you can get through because every industry is crazy. We can talk all day long about how crazy the wedding industry and how hard it is, but every single industry has its own unique challenges and they're, and everyone's in it going to tell you this world is freaking nuts. Right. Mm-hmm. And the only way to get through it is, is that community. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Otherwise you lose your sanity. Yeah. Shout out to our community. I know. I love my community. I've yeah. loved them. Uh, like 2020 just like solidified oh, that for you. Yeah. I mean so much. Yeah. And even people who you like, who, I knew we were acquaintances with, and we're still not like BFFs, but like I can have like real talk with them. Yeah. You know, whereas before I felt like 
I don't want you to know my ugly side, you know, of what I'm doing, you know. She saves that for the office. I do. Well, <laughs> the office is a lot. But kind of going into, that kind of segues a little bit into him talking about exposing the underbelly. I know. Yeah. Which I, which I, I struggle with so much. Like I just posted on Hustle and Gather the other day about um, when I had my surgery and I like went home the day early. Yeah. And I was like, and how much. I thought that was good. Like actually. I, I had to like push out. Like forced myself to go to work, and yeah. um, I had a terrible night. That Corny was there the night before because I didn't want to be alone because Sam had to go out in the middle of the night and get drugs for me and um, medication from the doctor. Yeah, right, right. I couldn't stop puking, and I was in, like so much pain. And I finally went to sleep, and I got up the next morning and went to work. I was late. I was got there at like ten, and I was there for like a couple hours. And I was like, I don't want to be here. I don't feel <laughs> good. I'm tired. I still feel like blah. And I left, and I didn't. And I was just like, I had purposely moved on my meetings that day and I was like we'll reschedule or you'll have it without me like it's fine you know but I got on stories and I was like I didn't have makeup on my hair was in like mm-hmm. a messy bun like and I debated it and I was like should I just go put on some like mascara and some eyeliner like oh really yeah because there's a fear of putting your authentic real self out there mm-hmm. you know yeah and I didn't do it I just got on there in my normal I do I mean I I question that often because I think too like I mean I'll put something on Instagram and delete it reword it delete it reword it and I just don't trust my gut or like my intuition concerning that because I feel like there's this this something like work through this weekend on a yoga retreat that I did that um that fear of like being too much Mm -hmm. or that fear of other people's perception of your perception like how you of your self-perception like Mm -hmm. I have a fear of people thinking that I think Mm. I know it all Mm. yeah it's like comes like deeply from like childhood stuff right right? and you were called to know it all because I was called to know it all right and like true or not whatever but it affects my uh, like adult interactions or my ability to be authentic Mm. or even maybe like a word that might somebody might need to hear that day, you know, because I'm thinking, oh, I don't want to come across as as the know-it-all. Yeah, but I think, but I when I think on it, I think it's what really hinders us. I think it's the fact that we aren't truly authentically who we are a lot of the times. Like, I feel like that is the one word people tell us all the time is that we're authentic. I want to be like clear that like when we're worth, we're talking to people or whatnot, like like, one-on-one, we're we're authentic, sure. But like social media is a beast that we have not figured out truly like not a space I'm entirely comfortable with right there is a lot of like in the back of your mind you're like you're putting this out here and it's here forever it's on it's on the internet forever like you can delete it all you want but it's still there like well, it was really comforting for him to say someone who comes from an advertising background that he's not comfortable with social media right right that right. he really struggles with how to show up authentically and getting through a process that makes him feel real and mm-hmm. things that you can relate to right right I mean, I thought that was helpful because I certainly don't come from advertising. No. And I hate social media. I thought I was a one-off. I'm just joking. I know I'm not. You're not a one-off. But yeah, it's it's so, so, so hard. It is hard. I think it is the hardest part of being a human is showing up and the most transparent and real self. Yeah. You know. But like, how do they used to do it? Like before social media, like what do they do? Like like, like, maybe we were born in the wrong time. Like, what do they do, like, in the 50s to show up as your transparent and real self? 
like, like in what was life? their struggle? Like, what was it? And they had lots of struggles. I mean, they couldn't like women couldn't do shit. Like, yeah, <laughs> it was lots of struggles. You you couldn't. There's no way you could have been authentic in the 50s. You had to hide everything you felt and thought to defer to your husband, and you mm-hmm. couldn't say you wanted to be an astronaut because you were judged. Like, I mean, yeah, it was just different. It was fitting in society in a different way. I mean, think about even like the LGBTQ community that wasn't even a community. Like it was just no yeah. way you could be your true self. Just feels like it's all out there now. Like everything's yeah. just so available for some people. Like we, we interviewed like Courtney with Raleigh cheesy, like her authenticity has built that brand, like right. her ability to like show up as herself on social media. Like I so admire that. Right. Because she's relatable. She's relatable. She's built that brand based on it. But there's also people who have brands that are larger or equally as successful that have built it based on what I would consider very on, inauthentic. I know. I was going to say, like, that to me is a lot platform. of a lot of the influencer community. You're 100% not relatable. It is not relatable that you wake up at noon every day and you're vacationing every single weekend. And, and you have your, like, breakfast of the day. and Yeah. Like, that's not relatable. And your avocado is always green. I, I don't know. understand. Mine's not green all the time. I know. Sometimes I eat a brown avocado. I know, but it's very much like, I think, but that is their job. Their job is to portray a life that everybody wants. And really, at the end of the day, it's not an obtainable life. Right. But everyone's going to strive and try to get that life. And that's what, for me, I have a lot of fear with our kids. They have a total misconception of what life is. Like, they have no idea. That's true. At all. Like, the other day, we were... um, I had a ton of errands to run. We were getting ready for camp and I had to go pick up my dress for the gala. And I told him, I was like, hey, and I said, we're going to go here and here and then we're going to go eat dinner at Moe's, you know. And the rule is they can get a kid's meal and with the kid's meal, they can get a soda or they can get an adult meal with water. Like that's their choice um, because it's about the same amount of like badness for you, right? Mm-hmm. And so Ada's at the age where she's like, I don't know if I want an adult meal or kid meal, whatever. She's out on a kid meal. So it comes the cookie. And we get to the dress place before Moe's and she sees Sweet Frogs. She's like, oh my God, can we go to Sweet Frogs? And I was just like, I just lost it. And I was like, no, we cannot go to Sweet Frogs. I was like, we're going out to dinner. We're doing all these things. I just dropped a couple hundred dollars on camp. I was so expensive. I was like, is it ever enough for you? No. (laughs) Like, and I was so frustrated. And so later, I didn't say it was ever enough for you. I was just like, no, like we're going to Moe's. And she like, I could tell she was immediately like, I'm sorry. I mean, I know it's a lot to ask, blah, blah, whatever. And so then later that night, I like pulled her aside. I was like, I didn't mean to get upset with you. I said, but like, I feel like whatever I do is never enough. Like it's never enough. Like the fact that we're sending you camp isn't good enough. Now you want this for it. The fact that I'm taking you out to dinner, you want to go out for dessert. Like, and I know you don't think that. And I said, but when you like, and th- but that's what makes me upset because that's what I'm thinking when you're asking for that. Right. Mm-hmm. So my reaction wasn't appropriate clearly for it I said but I said do you ever feel that way and she was like yeah I feel that way all the time like I never feel like my room's clean enough and I was like it normally isn't ever clean enough you're right you're accurate there it's never enough (laughs) but I mean so she's but it was a it was an emotion that she could relate to because Mm -hmm. she does I know she feels that yeah because she is such a introspective person and she like bottles things up and she lives in her head so I know that whenever she does something that is not perfect because she's slightly a perfectionist that it's not good enough right and she consistently tells herself that so it was like one of those things she was just like I didn't even realize that you thought that like that that was a thing that you struggled with or that you even had that thought and I'm like 
that's the world, kiddo. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's going to beat you down. Yeah. And your kids are going to do it to you. Like, <laughs> just so you're aware. Oh, yeah. And they have so much. They have so much. I know. I would have killed to go to summer camp when I, I was little. Yeah. Well, I, when he was talking about like being real and like being human and all that stuff, like it really made me think about like my own behavior to other small businesses. Yeah. And I guess question for you is like, do you find yourself extending more grace to small business because you are a small business? It's like, for example, like we're getting a pool put in right now. Mm -hmm. And originally, like when we started, he was like, it's going to be four to five weeks, da, 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 whatever. Well, it's been much longer than four to five weeks. And they did a great job. And I, and I like really enjoyed working with them. And, and I sent them an email like, Hey, like when's the next thing going in? Like when's the coping going in the concrete or whatever? And um, he like hadn't replied back in like what I can like 48, 72 hours. And I was like, I told Sam, I was like, I don't want to be an asshole. Like, I don't want to be like the one that's like mad, like, Oh my God, why is this getting done or whatever? And so he's like, well, just be nice about it. He's like, just tell him why you're asking. Like, are you asking because you're mad? Are you asking because you're trying to organize when we're going to be putting the fence in the sod in? And I was like, well, because I need to know it's coming down the pipeline for our schedule. He's like, well, then just say that, like, just extend them the grace and give them mm-hmm. like the information. So I like wrote this really nice email and I was like, I'm, I know this is really frustrating probably because like labor shortage or whatever, but like, this is what we're trying to figure out. And it was a really nice email. And sure enough, like he told me in the email, he was like, honestly, he's like, we cannot get concrete people out there for like a month. It's probably gonna be September. And he was like, I'd suggest like waiting to install your grass next year, blah, blah, whatever. Well, then two days later I get a call and he was like, I really appreciate you being so patient and being like so kind. He's like, I figured out how to get it done. Forms are going in tomorrow. It'll be poured next week. And I was like, okay. Yeah. Like nothing. You should be nice to get what you want. But I mean, what do they say? Uh, you catch more flies with honey. Catch more flies with honey and vinegar or whatever. Yeah. But do you find yourself because you understand things more as being an owner, having employees that you give them more grace? Or do you feel like because you're a business, you have employees, your owner, you're like, I know how this works. I think both. And I mean, there's certainly times where like I can, I can tell that it's outside of like the business owners, you know, control uh, control or, you know, what they can, what they can do or whatnot, or maybe it's just a bad employer. It's a bad experience or whatever. And I like to give constructive information at that point, you know, like mm. this is how, what I experienced and you should know. Cause I right. think, especially if I've dealt with them, it's like in the wedding realm on multiple occasions. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's like, wow, this just wasn't up to par. This wasn't right. like what you normally right. do. And I think most of the times that is accepted well. But I mean, I, I think I tend to probably give more grace. Like, I think people just have bad days. Yeah, I agree you know, with that. For sure. I mean, even our, like, I love our contractor that we've worked with. Like, he's been slammed this year. He's mm-hmm. not responded as quickly as, like, I would like to respond or whatnot. But I know that he's doing the best that he can do. Right. And if you really want to work with somebody, sometimes you have to work within those limitations, right? right. Like, you just understand they're doing the best they can do and extend grace. And yeah. I'd hope that that would be extended to me too. Cause I feel like we missed the mark. Oh yeah. You know, and we've been doing it for multiple years and there's mm-hmm. still times where I'm like, wow, that wasn't up to my standard. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And I get away with it. Right. You know, I had another question that came up. This is not related to okay. this of what we were talking about, but 
when he was talking about how his clients' expectations were exceeding his uh, abilities, right? Oh, my God. And he made this comment, and he was like, he was talking about these invitations he put together, and he's like, it almost cost me my marriage. Mm -hmm. I was wondering, do you have a moment (laughs) in our business world life that almost cost you your marriage? Are you saying like our marriage or like my actual marriage? Your actual (laughs) marriage, like with your partner in life other than me. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm sure there's been multiple moments in our business that have yeah. like almost cost me my marriage, even from like the not not C and D. It was definitely related more to the Bradford. I think when like shit got real and people were all in and everyone was put out to be able to get the Bradford constructed, that there was a lot of like resentment and animosity. Mm-hmm. And there's not resentment and animosity like today, but I certainly feel. And I don't know if you feel this way, like you one yeah you're like hmm. yeah like if sam were to come to you and say like i really want to pursue xyz right would you not be like i owe you one yeah no i would i don't know if the bradford almost cost me our marriage it was hard don't get yeah. me wrong but like i think sam is actually super sensitive to that because i thought it was costing us our marriage and he mm-hmm. was like very adamant about like this is not what's yeah. going to ruin us but truly, actually, it was C&D. It was the years leading up to it. It was about two years before the Bradford, and we were doing, like, 30-something weddings. We were gone mm-hmm. every single weekend. We were pulling, like, like triple headers on a weekend. It's horrible. It was horrible. <laughs> we had small children, and he was just basically like, you aren't even part of this family. Yeah. Like, you are, like, literally just flitting in and out, mm-hmm. like, and we don't do anything together ever, and you're not even getting paid for it because we weren't <laughs> even getting paid for it. We were saving money for the Bradford. I know, but it was, <laughs> there were lots of fights about it. Interesting. Lots and lots of fights about it. He was it. always very accepting of that time. Yeah. Like he was super, super open to that. Cause he, he like had Mason like the first two years of yeah. his life. It was pretty much just him and Mason. You talking about Mikhail? Mikhail, yeah. Oh, I thought you were talking about Sam and I was like, what? No, no, not, not Sam. No, I was, Cause we had like Mason's yeah. older. And so like Fair during right. that time, like, he, it was just him and Mason. Right, 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 So he has a lot of, like, fond memories around that time. Yeah. I don't think they're not fond. I think – but Sam's such a, a family per- – like, yeah. family, family person. Like, yeah. he loves our four-person unit so much. And, yeah. like, it's, it was really important that we have – we eat dinner together at least five nights a week. You yeah. know, like – and there was something about – and he worked Monday through Friday. Yeah. And so, like, we literally were ships in the night. I mean, like, I would – like pass the kids off and be at a meeting. We'd meet at my meeting spot, drop, like transfer kids to cars. And then I was gone like Friday to Monday, basically. Mm -hmm. And so we were never that family unit to him that he like so desperately wanted. Luckily, we were never really modeled that, either one of us. No. So we didn't have any expectation going in of like how this is supposed to look. So we weren't trying to fulfill some expectation that was there. Like, because yeah. we never had family dinners. Well, very I rarely. I don't think he did either. Oh, like, really? Yeah, because his parents worked so far away. And a lot of times they they like, they did freezer meals most of his life. Yeah. And they were in sports. It was just something he's always wanted because yeah. he didn't have it. Yeah. And I don't know. But we had, like, we, even as young married people, we had sacred days. Like, Tuesday was always date oh, I know. night. You guys were so intentional. We were. And then, like, and every Thursday we had Slash game R. night. <laughs> Or not as much anymore. Yeah. Struggle a little bit. But anyways, we were very much about that, like building that family. Yeah. We were just, it was just the two of us, but that was a family and that was so important, you know? Yeah. We're, we're kind of a little more like free spirits 
together and independently. I will agree with that. Yeah, like, like it's Courtney, it's Mikhail, and it's Courtney and Mikhail. It's three separate things. Yeah. No, I, I think that's super good. Like, I I totally felt that. I've definitely felt like the Bradford, like, almost ended our marriage. Yeah. Multiple times. It did. But here we are. Here we are. Stronger. Maybe Jordan's stronger, too. All right, final thought. I loved, at the very end, how he talked about just getting started. Mm. Like, it doesn't have to be perfect. And, like, the best analogy I could think of when he was saying that was how I feel about laundry. I love to have my laundry finished. Like, there's... One, because I get overwhelmed. If I have too much laundry, it's like I have a shutdown and I just can't even figure out where to start. These things happen to me when I get super overwhelmed or I'll just sleep, right, to avoid laundry. So I keep my laundry going all the time. And there's like that moment where I'm doing the last load. It's like the last thing. And I just start like asking my children to like derobe, you know, like (laughs) give me that shirt. Give me those pants. Like, I want to be done. Like, I want to have this, like, period in this situation. Go get in the shower because you just put on something clean. You know, and it's, like, absurd, obviously. I know it even when I'm doing it. But it's, like, it's not ever going to be perfect, right? It's always going to be a journey. Like, you're never going to reach that destination. So you just need to get started. Mm -hmm. You're always going to have the next load. Even when you finish your laundry, you've started the next load already, accumulating. It's an endless cycle. And I think business is that way. Mm. Like laundry. <laughs> like laundry. Okay. Yeah. I will agree with that. Uh-huh. No, it's true. I agree that it's not perfect. It never is perfect. Yeah. Thanks, everyone, for gathering with us today to talk about the hustle. For our episode with Jordan, we picked the Moscow Mule, and we hope you get a chance to make it last week or this week. And cheers to learning through failure learn more about Jordan and his business, visit agooddayinc.com or follow him on Instagram at agooddayinc. And to learn more about our hustles, visit cndevents.com, thebradfordnc.com, and hustleandgather.com. Or follow us on Instagram at cndevents, thebradfordnc, and at hustleandgather. And if you like this show, be sure to subscribe and leave us a rating and a review. This podcast is a production of Earfluence. I'm Courtney. And I'm Dana. And we'll talk with you next time on Hustle and Gather.